0: Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Tobias Panwitz. Tobias is the organizer, participant, and host of the forthcoming Bob Dylan 80th birthday concert, which will be live streamed via Facebook on Monday the 24th of May at 8 p.m. CET, that's Central European time. Singer-songwriters from Norway, France, Canada, England, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, the list goes on and on, are getting together for a virtual celebration of Bob Dylan's music, And his 80th birthday. 29 artists, 14 countries, 80 years. Tobias explains how the idea came to fruition, what are some of the logistics of putting an event like this together, how the tracks were chosen, as well as discovering some little-known gems that were picked by the performers. As usual, I ask incredibly long questions, get song titles round the wrong way and thankfully you don't get to hear me sing There's also a top five where Tobias and I share our top five favorite Dylan songs. It seemed like an apt thing to do. Let's get right to it, Tobias Panwitz.
1: I've not even uh, thought about an official name. I think on (laughs) on the page I'm calling it Bob Dylan uh, 80th Birthday Bash. And in the uh, Facebook event, I think it's called um, Bob Dylan' 80th birthday concert or something. So it's a birthday concert bash for his 80th birthday, and um, it's it's funny because you know my initial thought when I thought about you know putting together this sort of event was not Dylan's birthday, but I had, I had pondered this idea months before because I just wanted to bring together all the people that I know through music and travels. So. You know, that's, that's a pretty diverse bunch of characters from, you know, all, not all continents. There's no one from Antarctica and no one from Africa, unfortunately. And Asia. So <laughs> it's not really all continents. But, it's, you know, it's people from... Other than that. Yeah, exactly. From America, from Europe, <laughs> from, from Australia and New Zealand, which is still spread which out... Not bad. Across yeah. the world. So I was thinking, what what could I do, you know, to, to get all these people together? It would be nice to have some sort of tribute show maybe because if everyone plays their own songs there's not really a connective element but if you do something that everyone connects with on this you know sort of the same so who could that be uh what musician maybe the beatles maybe tom petty i'm a huge tom petty fan but not everyone is a huge tom petty fan and then it occurred to me that bob dylan's 80th birthday is coming up and um 10 years ago we had a great show put on uh, by Tina Neumann, and, and I think someone else, but uh, she's someone very involved with live music in, in Berlin. And that was a live show, of course, and a lot of the people that are now in the concert were on that show, like the $2 Bash guys. And I, I still have the poster of that in my room because that was such a great event. And I thought, well, it's, you know, Dylan is really someone like most people can agree about, even if you're not a huge fan you have a couple of songs that you appreciate or love and and most of us musicians have played Dylan's songs to some degree and so yeah I think that was just an obvious choice and I'm not even like the the biggest Bobhead or Dylanist or whatever. <laughs> like I've, if if you you know confront me with really particular songs obscure from the facts, a, obscure right? 80s stuff, <laughs> a, a lot of Dylan fans will be like, "What's what's this guy? Why is he putting on this event? He doesn't know anything about Dylan." And it's true, I don't know <laughs> a lot about him. But, yeah. you know, I, there's, I love a lot of his songs, and I play some of them, and why the hell not? And I was really happy that so many people said, yeah, uh, of course I'll play a song. Now we have 29 artists, 14 countries, and it's, uh, it's awesome. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Logistically, how did you put it together then? So it was just, these are all contacts of yours over the years, people you've played with, or, you know, musician friends.
1: yeah mostly musician friends and some of us we've also played concerts together. Yes, yeah, it's, it's people I, I still have regular contact with all the time, like the the whole Berlin bunch I see them sometimes in a place called Artliners, uh, which is now in Frerichsein, uh, like that old club I was talking about before, the Brother club. it doesn't sure. exist anymore, it, it still exists under a different name, there's a younger crowd now, which uh, also has a really good scene I think, but I'm not really part of that scene I'm more connected with uh, those folks from in the early I don't want to say the old folks but um, <laughs> a different generation let's you mean it with the
0: best intention <laughs> um,
1: and there's there's a different uh, little club now in Friedrichshain one of the few that are left called Artliners and they're all hanging out there and then I'm, there's some people that I know in, in, the, in the Norwegian music scene in the town of Bergen which has a spectacular music scene and then there's people in spain that i know yeah just people i met in berlin that that are now scattered throughout the world like mark is not not in berlin or Shimoni, uh she's a songwriter in canada and um and there's some americans that i met here through a german songwriter and they were on tour together and and we connected and then i asked them and there's a guy from New Zealand, he lives in Berlin, he's almost a neighbor of mine, and um, there's Preda Greeley from Australia. She used to be in Berlin, now she's back in Australia. So it's really, it's good to be in Berlin because you meet so many people from different places. And then I love to travel, so I meet some people in other places. And, and all these guys and ladies and girls are now together in this event, and it's really cool. How are you gonna put it on?
0: What's the, the structure of it? That does sound a bit not rock and roll, right? <laughs> I know. It,
1: but live streaming. Well, how
0: are you going to put it all together? I guess people want to know. Uh, live streaming, yeah, everyone's
1: a little tired of live streaming and I can totally get that. But like what we said about the drive-in concerts, it's not maybe something you would you would choose to see live music in, in a setting like that. But, um, you know, we try to make what's possible. And, you know, how do you get a bunch of international artists and all kinds of places together? Live streaming is really the only, only way you can do it especially now. So what I did was first I thought about really having everyone on live in a tiny time slot to have one song. But I abandoned that thought a minute later because that would have been such a um, huge hassle to have everyone be super punctual. Like Live Aid in 1985 or something like that. When you have all that mad Exactly, man. Oh, my God. Um, For
0: those of us old enough to remember that, anyway.
1: But that was just too... I think two stages, right? One in the states and one in one in London. Yeah,
0: those were the big ones. It was Philadelphia and Wembley, of course. Yeah, oh yeah,
1: right. Throughout the world, they were all
0: like you you would. uh, I remember watching it in in Scotland, and it would be it would go to. The BBC coverage, okay, we're going to uh, Bulgaria now to see what's going oh, on there. You know, what I mean? don't that's even remember really that. Kind of wow, really ropey coverage, you know. That's Satellite amazing.
1: Coverage yeah. in the eighties was a little, but it was great. Yeah. I, I think I remember Philadelphia and and Wembley because Phil Collins flew from one to the other, and there was a big thing that yeah. he was in both. But yeah, I don't even remember that other countries were involved as well. That's it's, it's just insane. Yeah, and I didn't want that that hassle. I didn't want that kind of stress. <laughs> right. So what I did was I asked everyone to record a video and um, they sent me those videos and uh, I will be live streaming those (laughs) videos and host them. So what's actually live is going to be me talking. But um, I do hope that uh, the artists, at least most of them, will be watching the thing so they will be in the chat and the chat is you know when i have a cool live stream the chat is really where you know the the action goes and and people get to know each other and have little conversations by themselves on the sidelines and um so that's what it's going to be i'm going to be on live um hosting the whole thing and then introducing the artists saying something about them playing the video and hopefully the artists will also join in in the in the chat
0: is it? Uh, a, so it's going to stream it through Facebook?
1: Yeah. It's going to be on the actual um, page that I created for this event. So uh, it's facebook.com slash bob.dillon.atf. So ATTH. That's the Facebook handle.
0: I guess a quick a quick search on Facebook as well will take you there, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's going to be a couple of events on and of this this yeah a huge number of Dylan sites and even Dylan eighty sites now. I think, but
0: I think yeah. you just look for the cool kid where the cool kids are, then you will exactly find us there, right? exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Craig. The, the
0: performers themselves, then I guess, because Bob Dylan has. I don't know exactly but he must have nearly 30 albums at least i don't know give or take yeah so it's a huge amount of uh, back catalog yeah. right and how did you sort out right? because i've done this in the past myself i organized a couple of uh, benefit gigs when i lived in south Korea. all right and uh, the way i did it was i did a beatles night i see I it was me and another guy a friend of mine we did a, a stones night uh, the first year we did a beatles night the second night so of course everybody the all the local friends and musicians and whatnot and expats alike all joined together and I said okay send me your three songs if you send me the email first you get first pick first come first serve yeah. right and of course I had to be the kind of the bad guy I'm like nope too late you know, <laughs> and all that stuff and all that I just I'm just like nope so yeah I, I get all the good jobs but that, that's the way I did it so uh, I did it on a kind of first, first come first serve basis sure. when you do it with Stones and Beatles I think there's a certain amount of songs that you can probably know there's like forty songs, fifty songs that people will know. Yeah. Bob Dylan has infinitely more than that, right? So how did you sort out who's gonna do what? Was it a simple process or was it a bit more complicated?
1: You know, it was it was more simple than I thought. And I didn't think about what people might know because I myself my, my knowledge of Dylan is fairly limited so i know the classic albums from the 60s because <laughs> i never owned them but i used to go to cd stores and buy them and then put them on on tape cassettes <laughs> and then return them because i i really didn't have much money back then so anyway that, it's not that it i have much before the internet you know it was before the internet and this is <laughs> right. this is how tapes already ruined the music industry so spotify wasn't exactly first. right anyway so uh, i was familiar with those and then albums like Blood on the Tracks of course and, and then what I think when I started really getting into Dylan it was the early 90s so there was uh, World Gone Wrong I think that, that uh, cover song album mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it was more uh, I was more um, um, I, I knew more about the classic albums but all the 80s stuff and some of the 70s stuff came later mostly all the 80s stuff I was totally ignorant about that I think I heard Joker Man once, and I wasn't too excited about it because I really have a hard time with the '80s productions. But um, so I thought, just you know, let let people choose their songs and just see that we don't have any doubles. So I I wrote to everyone at the same time and told them just the first thing: let me know which song you want to do so I can check if it's already taken. And there were maybe of the 29 artists, there were maybe three instances where the song was already taken and one was because i wanted to do the song <laughs> I mean, joe, joe asked me about two songs and um joe armstrong and i told him no that one i'm gonna do <laughs> and then he took the other one which which was also one of my favorites so it was all cool um
0: that's not a bad compromise
1: yeah, yeah exactly but most people had been they asked me oh does anyone do that song i said no no one's doing that and not because all those songs were very obscure, but because the catalog was is so vast, it's just, you know, if, if you do the, I'm not sure how do you say this in English, but the calculation of chance, like the chances were minimal. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that the probability, the probability was just yeah, minimal right, that yeah.
1: people would pick the same song because there were so many. Um, so there was no problem at all. And I really uh, discovered so much that I didn't know before. Like I didn't know the song "Shooting Star." I'm not sure if that disqualifies me as a as a Dylan uh, fan. Um,
0: I, I don't know either. So there we go. I'll let you into see. Yeah, <laughs> this is
1: like some some of the albums that I really discovered now through through the artists. Like one is "Street Legal" that has "Senor" on it, which is a song I really like, but I didn't know about the album. Early eight, no, late '70s album. And then "Oh Mercy," which. Like the real fans are crazy about that album. Oh, Messi's a
0: great album. Yeah. That's one of my favourites. Exactly. You know, I, just, and, I, uh, I, I like the Daniel Lanois yeah. production sound and everything on it. And Bob Dylan actually sounds not very mm-hmm. Dylan I mean, his voice sounds the same, of course, but musically, I think yeah. it's a, a real. Uh,
1: it's more produced, isn't creep. it? It's, I think oh, totally, I heard yeah. about it. It's not done with a band, but like more with overdubbing mm-hmm. and stuff.
0: Right, and uh, Daniel Lanwa takes that. All that sound he was doing with U2 and various other bands and then kind of just transported it and Bob bobbed yeah. mind and you're like, okay, cool. But no, it sounds, and the songs are great. It's a really nice, yeah. uh, a nice produced and put together. And
1: I actually just, just ordered that. <laughs> and so this is something I definitely wanted to have. So this is how it came I mean, together.
0: It's what, as we were saying earlier, it's just one of those things where you think, okay, where, where do you start and where do you end? And there's so many things in between. But were there, what what can we expect to hear then in a... It's hard to remember all of them, I guess. But like a, in a broad spectrum, what there's some obscure or lesser known, maybe that's a better way yeah. to put it, some lesser known tracks and some more of the hits, shall we call it. What can we expect um,
1: to hear? I think not so many of the hits, actually. There's some stuff from Blood on the Tracks, but quite a number of 80s stuff. There's some some late 70s. I'm gonna do some mid 70s. You know, I have to think about now if there's anything, I think there's some Blonde on Blonde, but from the, not even sure, I, I think there's nothing from like the early classic 60s protest song phase. So I think most people chose something away from like the, the stereotypical Dylan songs. So I think you heard, you definitely nice,
0: hear I mean, something from every decade. Yeah, Great, because uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to hearing is things that I don't know. I guess this is maybe yeah. one of the, the the hidden joys of it because as great as the songs I know and I particularly like, I'm looking forward to hearing songs that I don't know done by artists doing it, kind of read their own interpretation of yeah. it as well. And I'm looking forward to that. That gives it its extra kind of little twist to it. Yeah. Can we expect just acoustic performers, or is, is there a, a mix of percussion in there as well, or some electric? Or
1: I realized, like I told you pretty early, I couldn't, or I didn't want to take the hassle of doing this as an actual live thing. But um, live streaming already not being the most sexy way of performing, and then... Uh, also having overdubs in the, in the performances is something I didn't want to add to that. So I asked all the performers to have live performances. Whether with many people, like as a trio or a duo, like we have a trio, we have a quartet, we have duos, and most of them are solo performers. But I asked them not to do overdubs because I felt like it takes even more away of the live feel of the whole thing but uh one guy I didn't mention this to and he did he did an overdub production he plays everything himself so he does does drums and bass and and some um lap steel and guitar and vocals yeah. of course and that's it's just brilliant it's magnificent so I'm 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 happy I didn't ask him not to do any overdubbing because <laughs> that turned out really brilliant but he's the only one and um the others are all live yeah and like I said like one band uh one trio Couple of duos and most of them are solo performers. So for the evening,
0: you're going to be the virtual DJ, then. Or-
1: I think we're going to be at least on for two hours, uh, depending on how much, you know, babbling I'll do in between and uh, how much there will be back and forth in, in the comments also. But yeah, I have to go easy on the drink. Uh, but I think I can be quick. <laughs> I can be like, if okay, Dylan, Dylan right. has some fairly long songs, so.
0: I guess this is what happens when you get old. I'm speaking for myself. When you get older, you have to think about all these kind of possibilities. <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. How am I going to make this work? <laughs> is there another way we can see it after it's already been broadcast? Is there another platform you can put it on where we can go back and watch it again if we can't see it? in real time as it were
1: yeah i think uh you can on the pages on the facebook pages you can see everything even if you're not registered by the way you can even see the the live thing if you also if you're not registered on facebook you just can't like comment in the chats in the chat and also afterwards you can just go to the page and play the video but i think i am also gonna upload it to my artist profile on youtube i haven't uh, done the work of creating a YouTube page for this just because it was a little too much work for me to do Is my, my time is also pretty limited I may upload it there because some people just stay clear of Facebook for many reasons and um, I want to give them an opportunity also to see this um, but I want to make sure also not to make this about me and to have it on my artist channel to, to drive people to my stuff this is not what I right. want this to be about of course I'm I'm still making up my mind if I should put it up on YouTube and I may post the question while the show is running, what people think about that. Yeah, I may do it. But it's definitely watchable okay. afterwards also on the Facebook page.
0: Excellent. Because as you just said there, like with social media, with all the pros and cons you have with it, some people are very not, uh, very not into this. Some yeah, yeah. 40. Some people are really not into Facebook or they use Instagram and Instagram isn't really great for streaming. And yeah, exactly. All of these other kind of things. Yeah. Pros and cons and stuff, but yeah, it'd be good to have it as a, a backup, or at least I know there's a backup there that I can direct people, or we can do that together, we can uh, cool. point them in the right direction. Yeah.
1: I would just, you know, I would just love it if many people tune in and say hello in the chat and um, say what they think about the artist. And uh, yeah, I just hope we have a great evening and a nice night because. You know, I know all the performances now. I've seen all the videos and and it's just really good stuff. So, yeah, welcome everyone and please tune in. For a
0: normal episode of Can't Find My Way Home or a regular episode of Can't Find My Home, I do a little top five at the end where I ask the guests some questions about, you know, random stuff. But how about we do a Dylan top five then and we can trade a little back and forth? Let's do it. I'm a bit more. We'll see who's a bit more conservative or who's a bit more, you know, I'm curious to see how this works out. Tobias, I'll let you go first. In no particular order. Whatever you like first.
1: Okay. But We start with five? Go for it. Okay. So, my Dylan top five. Uh, number five is I dreamed about, I dreamed I saw St. Augustine from John Wesley Harding. So, it's like... I dreamed I saw St. Augustine Alive like you and me um, I love that whole, uh, this is my favorite Dylan album, John Wesley Harding It's it's very sparse and kind of eerie, spooky The way he plays the harmonica mm. And it's, it's just brilliant to listen to it at night With the lights off, I think And that's just a beautiful song to me um, Very melodic there's, I have no idea what it's about. There's many interpretations, um, as is, as is many of yeah. Bob Dylan's. Yeah. Well, okay, it's kind of. But the imagery a just just, just speaks. I mean, this is probably one of the reasons also he he got the Nobel Prize. The imagery is so rich, rich, and it, like the lyrics are so rich. That that it's it projects something in most people's minds. So everyone can can just dive into this, even if you don't know exactly what what he's talking about.
0: What's your fifth? Really my fifth one would be something... I took something from the shorter end of the Dylan catalogue, a two-minute-and-change song, which there are not many of. OK. Or at least, you know, in the kind of big... I, I chose You Ain't Going Nowhere.
1: Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. I didn't even I know that's such a short song.
0: Uh, I think there may be different versions okay. of it. Yeah, some might be longer, but the one that I was listening to might be a bootleg version, even mm-hmm. or an outtake or something like that. But it's like it comes in under three minutes, and I think this is a great, uh, one of those songs where if you had to point someone in the direction of Dylan, and someone had never, you know, where would you start? And I'd say, here you go. Here's a an acoustic guitar and a voice, yeah. and it tells a story, and it kind of sh- it gets from A to be and yeah it does what it's supposed to do
1: kind of what you what you may call a classic dylan song yeah it's yeah i like that song too it's a great playing live as well many musicians know it and it's a, it's a it's great sing-along you know,
0: busk with it or you can yeah it's it's all things to all men yeah and women, you know? it does all that stuff
1: <laughs> nice I'll let
0: you take the next one to us
1: okay so number four for me uh is girl from the north country um Nashville Excellent. skyline um, my second favorite Dylan album. He's just showing such a different side of himself on that one. It's um, it's so gentle and kind of more f- friendly, if you like, than than <laughs> he is on other albums. Just, you know, him exchanging um, uh, lines and verses with, with Johnny Cash is it's such a treat to listen to those two. They're so different and just getting together on that song. And, uh, yeah, I used to have... Uh, a love story in my own life that kind of reflects that song almost word by word so i was very drawn in when i heard that the first time and um it's just a beautiful song i love it uh
0: for me number four i kind of went a little uh i thought well why not positively fourth street since it's number four right? yeah <laughs> but this the, the song the song itself i i, I just a lot of Dylan's songs, they either get you at the beginning or it, it just takes too long to get there. Yep. But this is one of these songs for me where it's just straight off the bat and it's like right there, you know? Nice. And the opening line. Yeah. Which escapes me, but you got a lot of nerve. Yeah, I think that's the sounds about line. right. And the whole backstory too, I remember reading about it oh, years and years ago, but it was a friend of his and it's about dishonesty and all that kind oh. of talking, you know, talking behind someone's back about... Him and all that kind of stuff. Right, and it's a great tune as well, and of course, it's at that point when the the organ is quite prominent, and there's a lot of verses to it. So he kind of <laughs> he says what he feels in it. You know, it's like okay, Bob, I I'm with you on this one. Yeah. You know, it's not cool to be like this. So that's for me, positively four straight.
1: Nice one. All right, number three. Most of the time, um, had to have that in the top five. Uh, oh, then we got a
0: doubler, right? Yeah, okay, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs>
1: um, touché and I'd,
0: oh, it's okay you, I'll, is it your I'll, third you too the guest uh, no but it's not my next three.
1: it's okay. one of them but, uh, it's, it's all yours sir um, I heard about it first in High Fidelity the movie do you mm-hmm. know that it's the uh, the book was uh, Nick Nick Conby? Conby exactly yeah yeah and uh, movies starring Jack Black and John Cusack quite enjoyed the movie i've and read the book
0: I've, yeah i've read the book oh i don't know how many times but yes yeah though it's come back to the book it's the record
1: store right? exactly yeah and um it's, yeah it's just a key scene when in his uh, whole love thing when that dylan song comes on and i didn't expect it and it just it's perfectly in the scene then later i listened to it completely and it's, it's just blew me away you know the, the way he uses this line to have this little twist and you know that this is the chorus line. It's always coming up most of the time, but you kind of forget it every time. And then in the end, it always comes, you know, most of the time, you know, I think I have the lyrics here somewhere. Like most of the time I'm clear focused all around. Most of the time I can keep both feet on the ground. I can follow the path. I can read the signs, stay right with it. When the road unwinds, I can handle whatever I stumble upon. I don't even notice she's gone most of the time and by, the, by that time uh, by the end of, of the verse you kind of you forgot about that line but there it comes and it turns it around a little bit and that's just so brilliant I think.
0: And as we were just saying a little bit earlier, uh, the, musically that song as well is was so different at the time for Dylan as well but it, I don't know I can put that record on any time and just it, the whole thing start to finish, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's, I think it's one of his finer love songs. I would yeah. say
1: most of them. I time. agree.
0: I'll take another one then for my third one. I'll take something a little a little different. Long time running, uh, long train running. Excuse me.
1: Long train. Is that from the early eighties?
0: Long train coming. I can't coming. Yeah, remember. that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Seventy nine, apparently.
1: I think that's the one after Street Legal. No, we're very nerdy about all this. (laughs) Why not? Let me Google it.
0: Uh, I played this song. I only did one gig with this band and it was a Grateful Dead tribute band. Right, yeah. And this was one of the songs we learned for it. We kind of went through all these different phases of the dead. I'm not not a huge deadhead, but I can take them or leave them to on us. But it was a fun project. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was one of the songs that I really enjoyed playing because I didn't have to learn it in... Eight, seven time or whatever, or oh, okay, know, all that, yeah. all that mad time signature stuff. It was just here's a rock and roll song, <laughs> well, but that would be my substitute one then.
1: Substitute for uh, most of the time, oh, yeah, right, right, yeah.
0: I'll put that one in. There's a nice groove to it, this record, and
1: um, yeah, plays on not... it. I just see here, yeah, but that's not the one that's produced by Magnofla, no? Slow
0: train. I don't think so. No, this is um. He might have even played some of it with the Grateful Dead. Not too sure.
1: No. Yeah, me neither. Okay,
0: but definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah. Slow train coming.
0: Cool. Helps. It helps if you get the the, the title right, though. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm such a pro, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a yeah, like a train title. There could many could be many variations. So my number f- two. We're already at yeah. number two. My number two is "Senor" tales of Yankee power. That I believe is off street legal, and I don't I don't even know why that song gets me so much. Again, I don't really know what the lyrics are about, but it's so it's there's, there's a darkness and an, not eerie, but there's a darkness and an urgency. It's just hypnotic to me that song. I don't know. Some people say it connects with the Don Quixote. Uh, story oh, yeah, and then Sancho it's Sancho Panza's view on, on his mm. mad senor and he's, he's wondering what <laughs> the hell is going on sort of and then some say it's, it's some some uh, connection with the way he sees the Christian religion and you know before he had these uh, he had his Christian face outspoken Christian face um, right yeah I have course. no no clue what really it's about but it's it's all this imagery just draws you in so so intensely So yeah, love that song.
0: My number two and number one have a similar (laughs) one in the title. So (laughs) this is just kind of mere mere coincidence. So I'll go for It's All Right My I'm Only Bleeding Mm. is number two. Yeah. Uh, Lyrically, I think the song's, yeah, lyrically the song's fantastic and it sounds great. I think it's in some kind of alternate tuning as well. Okay, I didn't know. Or at least the version I heard is all kind of,
1: yeah, mad. <laughs> I would be dreaded to learn it because without and play it without a lyric sheet because it's so much, yeah.
0: It's hard, I mean Like a lot of his songs, and they don't—they're not just what you would call a standard verse-chorus kind of format. Eh? It's like this is maybe where most of the time, for example, is a little
1: bit—it's easier, unlike it's him, a yeah. bit more linear, maybe. Um, exactly. Also, yeah. also uh, ties in with my number one, which is more linear song. But it's all right, Ma, it's, it's not so linear. It's really, and, and most uh, most of his songs, or many of his songs are not linear. So it's, that's why it's so difficult to learn them. And uh, I tip my hat to the people who do, like some of the songwriters we have in the show, like one of them, Jason McNiff, he plays a lot of Dylan songs in his live streams. And I think most of the time, most of the time, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he knows them by heart. So, well, kudos yeah but I'm not a native speaker so I have
0: an excuse right and I'm Scotty so there you go there's another excuse
1: it's like
0: we're full of excuses (laughs) I'll let you take no why don't I take the next one and then you can take the last one okay How's that Uh, the last one I kind of thought I I thought Logan had uh, the number one but this could probably change tomorrow tell me mama it's a live version from the Albert Hall I think it is from 1966 or something okay and the, the, this song really resonates with me for a number of reasons. I I didn't actually hear it until maybe, or I'd never heard it until, until it came out in twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen. I think it was released. This live, you know, he was just releasing live albums from the sixties yeah.
1: and all that. Kind the of stuff bootleg the series. Beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it exactly. And I, I read some of the. I was doing a radio show at the time in in Seoul, South Korea, and I played this song and uh, yeah they let me play it at five o'clock in the afternoon you know I was like here we go and it, it's just brilliant because um reading the whole th- thing about the tour and the band and I think it was members of the band that were playing with them at the time or Robbie Robertson I think was playing with them at the time mm-hmm. and yeah basically they just turned everything up to a and just they had no monitors and all that right stuff. And it was just they just they just turned up plugged in and just turned it up really loud and here you go Here's a rock and roll show But one of the Great Dylan stories I, I read about Was the same tour And he was in Paris And you know He, he was in a, a Bit of a mood Let's put it that way mm-hmm. this, this story I read And he said He he brought out the. This is the time Of the beginning Of the Vietnam War I think when he brings out the stars and stripes and the crowd are all booing at him and throwing stuff onto the stage yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And he was just generally provoking them, you know, just because he could, you know. So yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. yeah, well, if that, that's that's rock and roll, we'll take it or leave it kind of thing. Exactly. As a song, I think it's great. It's, it's quite long. It's maybe five minutes long or something like that for a, rock, okay. a Dylan Rock song, but it's great. Turn it up nice and loud and put the headphones on, take the dog for a walk.
1: Great stuff. I will do that because I I have to confess that I'm not familiar with it. But it might be because it's it's first been released on that bootleg, no?
0: I think so, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, you that that's such a great thing about this project like I learn about so many songs and uh so far no one has been sneering at me for not knowing enough <laughs> about Dylan so I'm very grateful about that. <laughs> so my my number one song uh which um, at some point I was able to play completely because it's more it's, it's more of a linear it's a very linear song and my favorite one is um, The Lonesome Death of Hedy Carroll from I think from uh, the times they're changing um, there's just I mean the the social injustice he's, he's describing in such a brilliant way you know and then one verse about what what happened? The murder, and and one verse about mm. Hetty, and one verse about uh, Zanzinger, and then one about this 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 courtyard decision process. And it's it's just all so brilliantly, brilliantly put into words, and so elegantly. And at the same time, he's being so angry, and you can really hear the the injustice he feels about this whole thing, and 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 it, it transfers to you as a listener in a completely different cultural realm and a different time and it's, it's it's the whole you know racist thing in the in the 60s then in, in america it's it's so present when you hear that song i can't listen to it like every day or something it's not something you put on put on some dylan uh, you know um want to get in, in a dylan mood it's not i can hear that maybe i can listen to that once in two years or something
0: when the time is right the time and the place is right and you're in that in that special place yeah. and
1: it's it works that was interesting, man.
0: Oh, I'm sure if we asked all the people participating in this in this concert what their top five was, we probably... How ironic is it the two of us picked the same song? It
1: right? is, yeah. And just I think start, a lot of people would pick that, that. <laughs> song, actually. It's one of those that, yeah, those that, that are familiar with his complete catalogue that no one gets around that song, I think. Yeah.
0: Tobias, tell us one more time where we can uh, see the, the gig itself on Monday.
1: Yeah. It's on Facebook, and the Facebook handle is Eightieth. So 80 as a number, 80th, Bob Dylan Eightieth.
0: Monday the 24th of May.
1: Exactly, on his birthday uh, at 8 p.m. Central European time.
0: Tobias, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah i'm looking forward to checking the show out myself on monday night
1: it's i'm I'm amazed it came came together like that really and um thanks so much for for having me on the show and putting out the word uh it's really really cool of you man then i hope to see you on monday craig right on thanks a lot craig good luck with everything (sighs) cheers to rice all the best cheers same to you greetings to dortmund
0: Facebook at Expat Music Pod. And of course, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. Until the next one, this is Greg saying, cheers.